Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. This is the Small Scale Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Tom Dommers. A few questions today as we start out. Have you ever felt like the odds are stacked against you? Have you ever felt like the challenges and obstacles were just too great for you or your family? I bet a lot of us have been there, done that, and gotten several t-shirts. I know I have in the past two years. What methods can you use to keep you moving forward through the challenges in your life? In Season 2, Episode 12 of the podcast, I talk with Todd Earhart, a husband, father, entrepreneur, gardener, bodybuilder, martial artist, and diver. He's got a lot of titles there, but I really like him. So stay tuned, everybody. Todd has literally been to the top of the world in the bottom of the sea. And in today's episode, I talk with Todd about he and his family were able to move forward in really challenging times. This one is a really good one packed with a lot of great information. So you want to check out the show notes. In case you're new to Small Scale Life, this is a blog and podcast dedicated to developing a sustainable life through gardening healthy living, frugal living, and having adventures along the way. At Small Scale Life, we're always dedicated to learning, doing, and growing. Before we begin the podcast, let's hear from some friends of Small Scale Life. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to remind you about the Small Scale Life Facebook group. This group will give you a backstage pass and access to other members of the Small Scale Life community. We'll discuss gardening, healthy lifestyle, frugal living, and having adventures along the way. This is also your chance to see what's coming up on Small Scale Life. See some content not shared on the blog and ask questions of future guests. Join Small Scale Life's Facebook group today. Local blogger, podcaster, and author Aaron Clary has published a new book called Poor Richard's Retirement, Retirement for Everyday Americans. Make retirement infinitely easier and life happier by Poor Richard's Retirement today to learn more. Nobody in America has saved enough for retirement until now. And uh, I'm going to take a look at this book. Aaron is sending me a copy, and I'll provide a book review for this. Uh, according to Aaron, it is all about retiring with minimalism. So this will be really an interesting read. So stay tuned, everybody. I'll have more on Poor Richard's Retirement, Retirement for Everyday Americans. Today, I'm joined by husband, father, a great content creator, entrepreneur, fellow Hulk, and all-around interesting guy, Todd Earhart. Todd, welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Thank you, Tom. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we've been friends on Facebook for a few years, and we, we kind of met through mutual friends from Illinois. You've got a really interesting story, and I really had to get you on. You create some really uh, great videos, really inspiring videos. And uh, I just wanted to introduce everybody to uh, to America's Next Motivational Speaker, I think, right? Yeah. Well, I hope so. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you, and uh, what are your interests, what are your hobbies, and what are you into, man? Oh, man, the list is long and distinguished. Uh, hey, uh, I love the wilderness. I love hiking, uh, scuba diving, bodybuilding, powerlifting, martial arts. Uh, one time I used to race motocross. Uh, I played hockey. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's just anything physical. I uh, that's what I'm about. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And and uh, we'll talk about this in a couple minutes. But you've created your own little uh, your own little niche, your own little business as well, and you've got some things going on there too, right? Yeah, I created a business called Life's Adventure because um, you know I'm faced with many many challenges. Like you said, we'll get into those, but. Mm -hmm. Instead of just become turning into a schlub on the clock on the couch, so to speak, 
and highly medicated, I decided to uh, try to battle that the best way I know how by using my talents in uh, filmmaking. Wow, that's yeah. And you've done all kinds of stuff there. Um, boy, from vlogs to commercials to all kinds of all, all kinds of things. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, to you know be. I like to describe myself as a jack of trades in the video industry, and not necessarily a, a master of none. But <laughs> so, so I'm very, very good at uh, many different things, like animations and 3D animations, and of course my ideologies and uh, things I've learned through my trials. And I like to use, you know, my personal history to educate others while using a craft I'm very good at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a couple minutes. Let's talk a little bit. Let's back up a little bit. And I think this will segue nicely. Um, let's back up a little bit to a few years ago. I mean, you, you were talking about um, martial arts and working out and, and I know you were diving, you know, scuba diving and everything. So tell us a little bit about that time in your life back then, all the things you were doing. And, and you also started a, a Facebook group called Backup Fitness. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that time in your life? Okay, we're gonna. We're, I'll even back up a little bit farther because sure. I think there's, there's an interesting story. Um, I've been in the bodybuilding, powerlifting realm for 22 years. Wow! And I mean, there was a time where I weighed, you know, five foot nine. I weighed 260 pounds, and I was just straight ripped, uh, big dude, strong dude. And then I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I was uh, then I leaned out to 224, and I was getting ready to do a powerlifting meet. And at the time, without a shirt, I was benching over 400 pounds. Actually, the 405 pound bench at 33 years old, and uh, things were going well. I've always been, like I said, I've been always a physical guy. Then, you know, my hip started hurting. My left hip started hurting, hmm. and. Uh, it got where I fought the pain for actually about two years, and then it got to a point to where I couldn't walk. Wow! And 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 it got, and this is pretty much when our world came to a crashing halt. And I, uh, you know, I went saw my doctor, and he said, oh, "We're going to have to go in. You have a birth defect in your left hip that, you know, over time grew enough to where it's causing you problems. Now we need to correct that." And then a week later, my wife gets a diagnosis that she has uh, breast cancer. Wow. And, you know, talking about a major punch in the gut, I mean, it's a double whammy here, you know. Mm -hmm. And leading up to my surgery, my wife had a couple surgeries uh, leading up to a big surgery, but I had my first corrective surgery on uh, January 3rd, of 2013 and my wife had a double mastectomy wow a week later wow. uh, so imagine if imagine if you will a guy who can't really walk trying to take care of a, a a wife who can't really use her arms because she just had you know not to sound crude but she just had her chest pulled off of her unbelievable and, yeah you know and then plus we had two kids you know that you know so i got to be a father a husband and still try to manage you know my physical abilities and depression was a real thing for for both of us i mean this was an ultimate low your wife's battling cancer you can't walk you feel helpless i mean anybody who's ever watched somebody battle cancer that's close to them it is the most useless feeling that you can feel in the world and 
it absolutely is. We we were just we've just gone through this with Julie's mom, and it it was it was really hard. Such a great lady, and uh, it was lung cancer. Yeah, totally agree. There's nothing you can do except hold your hand. And man, yes, keep going. Sorry, sorry to jump on you there. No, you're fine. Um, because you know, as a husband, it's my job to you know to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders so your wife and your kids don't have to feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you, uh, the weight I was carrying um, was extensive. And actually, to back up for a little bit, I, you know, I was in a really dark place. You know, I was being supportive for my wife and my kids and everything. But, you know, at night after they went to bed, I would go downstairs. I'd start drinking and... Uh, you know, try to self-medicate mm-hmm. in a way. And that, that went on for about two months before our surgeries. And then I finally, you know, decided, you know, a few weeks before my surgeries that that's not me. I've yeah. never done that before. I refuse to do that. Um, so, and that's not being supportive. Yeah. It's supportive when my wife is awake and my kids are awake, but you know, ultimately, you know, I'll be honest with you. My heart was breaking into a million, million pieces because my life was spiraling out of control. Yep. Okay. So post-surgery for both of us. Um, you know, we started to heal, of course, and things got better. You know, eventually my wife had got the all clear sign and, and I got, you know, more mobile. Sure. And I had, you know, my hip was feeling amazing. I mean, I hadn't felt this good in years. And so I decided at that point to where that I am going to, you know, cancer teaches you a lot of lessons. Yep. Sure does. Absolutely. So I decided to share those lessons and use my knowledge and, and, and fitness to try to not only get in the greatest shape of my life that I've ever been in, uh, but to also empower others to do so as well. So I created backup fitness. Now it has, that has a dual purpose because I'm all about accountability, having things that we have in our lives to keep us accountable for our goals. And one of my accountabilities was also backup fitness because Mm -hmm. if I create this fitness page and I'm the so-called leader on this page, leading other people to, to, to their personal legend, to their, get their personal greatness. How do I look if I fail? Yeah, totally. I got it, man. So that was my accountability. So I created that page and, and I did, I did exactly what I set out to do. I mean, I was for all intents and purposes, I was shredded and I had never been like that in my whole life. I never, I got to a leanness that I've never, cause I've always been the big power lifter guy, you know, the sure. guy with the gut, with the big chest and the big arms, big shoulders, strong fat, I'm fat, <laughs> <I'll> smash. <laughs> but yeah. But so I went a different direction. I, uh, you know, in my twenties, I used to train a lot of martial arts, competed, and that's so why I decided, you know what, I'm going to get back into it, and uh, started training that again, and coaching, and uh, using my motivation um, to to in the gym, in the dojo. So I would mm-hmm. actually work with the kids class. I love working with kids. Don't really, uh, not that I don't like working with adults, but I just prefer working with children. Yeah. Um, because that's where it's at. That's where, that's our future. Right. And, um, so, you know, I would take the motivations that I had on 
the backup fitness page and on my personal page and use those same ideologies in the in the in the class on uh, in the martial arts dojo. That's cool. That's really cool, man. So yeah. Hmm. So um. Boy, I don't. Need, what is what is backup fitness to, up to now for membership? I mean, I don't even. I, let's see. I wonder if I can pull it up here. It's very restrictive. Yeah, I yeah. Actually, um, I don't have people on there that don't contribute in some way, um, and you know, it's. I want it to be restricted. If I only have five members on there, I know it's like around eighty or something right now. Yep. And and. Um, with my current battles, I haven't been as uh, dedicated to that page as I was in the past, just because sometimes in order to move forward, you have to retract a little bit to, re, you know, to refocus and regroup that's so you true. can come back even stronger than what you were. And that's kind of what I do. And I have several admins on the page, and they've done a, a fair, fairly good job of, of keeping that page going, uh, though it could be better. But like I said, I, I don't. I don't care about followers. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a hundred people and 99 of them don't, don't relate to my message, but I make a difference in that one person's life. I feel like that's a win. Yeah, you know? totally. I get you, man. But yeah. And, and that's the other thing you find in some of these big groups too. Um, it's a struggle. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one talking, you know, and uh, nobody's contributing, but there are people that are, learning you know and they are watching and they are absorbing um sometimes i wish they would just share their story too because it's kind of interesting you know that's how that's how we met each other and started talking about things you know yeah and it's it's it it is that is definitely interesting i used to have uh a page called the dark water diver because in diving that's what i went as is the dark water diver i had like three thousand people on that page and Though my film work isn't what it is now, even back then, people were seeking me out. Hey, how can I make my dive videos better? What can I do? Sure. And then I started to clean up the page and and, uh, started getting rid of some people. And then I started getting messages from people that I never even knew watched me. They're like, Todd, why did I get deleted? I'm like, I love your videos. I love your stuff. And I'm like, I had no idea. You know? You know, you, you never liked anything. You never commented on it. But you're right. You're absolutely right. People and people are watching. They're always watching. And I'm a firm believer of that. When you carry yourself in life, no matter what it is, social media, at the gym, no matter what you're doing, there's always somebody watching. Right. True. You know, that is exactly not, true. <laughs> you know, it, it may be a per, complete and total stranger, but somebody's. Somebody's watching. So what are you putting out into the ether? Are you putting positive energy the best you can to make a positive change in your life and other people's lives? Or are you putting a bunch of negative in, out into the ether, you know? So, and people will pick up on that and they'll either attract to you or they'll run from you. That's true. So that's true. I yeah. think that's why you have to portray things, especially on social media, uh, things of a positive nature. I am very restrictive. I've told friends that have commented on some of the things that I'm like, all right, man, you got to keep it PG. You know, hmm. I don't like having negative things on my Facebook page. I try to keep cuss words away. Uh, though that recent uh, five finger death punch video does have a cuss word in it that I, <laughs> but 
And hey, so, I like me some five finger death punch. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it's just I think, you know, I think the problem with social media is it creates an air of anonymity. Yes. So people, I stay off comment sections of any videos, even got good videos because somebody always has something negative to say. Oh, always, always. I mean, even even the most benign. Um, benign thing somebody's gonna have an issue with the way you said it or how you present it and uh you know that's i mean that's one good thing about what you're doing what i'm doing i mean kind of that haters uh we don't get so much hate but um you know like twitter is just a swamp it's a disaster it's a it's a it's like a dumpster fire i'm really serious i mean people fire up just about the dumbest things and um you know even though i have like 27 2800 followers to small scale life i i don't spend much time there you know i'd I'd rather spend time putting together a podcast or something like that because it's more fun you know and uh it's more interesting to me so instead of getting into a twitter war or or blah 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 there so yeah totally agree man totally agree that's good yeah so moving forward um where we left off in the story was was sunshine and daisies and rainbows and yeah, man, things sound like they're going good finally. <laughs> Woohoo! Fuzzy <laughs> kittens and whatnot. So, moving forward, um, well, my hip issue started to come back. Yeah. And it was uh, starting to get painful and painful. And just like before, I was ignoring the pain. And um, I saw, I kind of saw the writing on the wall that mm. something, you know, something was going to have to happen. I'm going to have to change things. So what do I do? I go and do a jujitsu tournament. Oh God! Well, you know, because I wanted to show my kids that because my I was my kids' coach. Both, mm-hmm. of my son, you know, my son and my daughter. I was their coach, and you know, my whole plan for that was how many kids could grow up and say, "My dad taught me how to defend myself." Yeah, you know, I'm a black belt because my, of my dad or whatever, right? Yes. So I wanted to you know, bring that all together to show my son that through hard work that you can achieve greatness. And this was just one way to do that. And, uh, so I took my wife and my kids to this tournament and, uh, I, I gave it all and being, uh, competing in my twenties, I knew what was in store for me. So there was no jitters or anything like that. And, uh, I, uh, I, I, I mentally trained for two weeks for it and I created my plan of attack for every match. And soon as that ref said, go, I, the preface this, <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that I am not the most technical fighter. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're the Hulk, you're Hulk smash, I, man. <laughs> I'm the Hulk smash guy. And, uh, as soon as the ref goes for all the, all every guy I, I, I went against, knew I was there to win. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that guy says, go that you, you've just became my worst enemy and I'm going to try to destroy you. I'm not hurt you. I'm not no. trying to kill these guys or anyway, but you know what I mean? You want to win any, any fighter who's ever gotten a, in a ring or in a jujitsu match understands this, the mentality. Um, so, and I did very, very well. I didn't win gold, but I did get silver and the most powerful, I'm going to try to say this without getting choked up because this is how powerful a moment this was. Um, I'm up on the podium and uh, I'm there getting my, uh, my, my 
my silver medal, right? They put the silver medal around my neck. They're taking pictures. And I happen to look up and there's my son. And his, he was fighting tears so hard, you know. And I get down and I go over there and he buries his stomach in my head and just starts sobbing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Dad, I, he says, Dad, I'm so proud of you. He says, I'm so, and that is, that was worth the pain that yeah. I was going through and in these matches. I mean, one of them had seven overtimes. Wow, dude. Wow. That's, that's after already having multiple fights, then I had the seven overtime. That's 15 straight minutes of fighting. And, uh, I mean, that was a powerful moment. And then on the way home, my wife even looked at me and she says, you know, I didn't recognize you out there. She goes, that wasn't my husband on that. I'm like, well, you know, you just got a glimpse of the other side of me that, you know, that I try to repress from my (laughs) earlier years, you know, my rambunctious years. And, Mm -hmm. uh, because I got, I, you know, in my twenties, I was kind of a knucklehead, and, you know, gotten quite a bit of fights and whatnot. And, and I told her, you just got a small glimpse, a very small glimpse of, uh, of that guy that I used to be. And, uh, it, you know, all around, it was one of the great, greatest experience of my life. But like I said, but moving forward from there, you know, my hip was just screaming at me you know, from there on out. And, and I'm glad I did that tournament turning to find out that that was the last time I would ever compete in any martial arts. And when I finally left, um, training, that would be the last time I'd ever be able to train again. Wow. Because I got to now current went and finally saw a doctor again. And he's like, all right, the bone grew back that I shaved down. And on, on top of your, you know, in your joint. And uh, we're going to have to go in there. And once he went in there, he shaved it back down. But then he, after surgery, he's like, that pretty much dug out all the cartilage in your hip. All right. Mm-hmm. He goes, but we'll go through physical therapy and see if you feel better. I never felt better. Yeah. So he referred me to a hip specialist. Uh, even above him, and he says, "Oh yeah, you're a great candidate for a hip replacement." So I'm 40 years old. I'm not by old man by by any meaning of the word, you know. No, I not mean, at I, all. Because <laughs> I'm 44, dude. You're not old at all. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I'm I'm still like, to be honest with you, you know, I still have the mentality of a 12 year old in a lot of respects. And uh, my wife reminds me of that all the time too. <laughs> You know, so, and you're only as old as you feel. I'm a firm believer in that. And as active as I am throughout my whole life, you know, I've been to a top of a mountain north of Arctic Circle. How many people could actually say that? Yeah, Yeah, that's amazing, dude. (laughs) That gives you an idea of what kind of person I am, you know. So, um, you know, so he replaces the hip. And post-surgery, he's like, yeah, you're, he goes, I can't believe you could even walk. And because I really couldn't, to be honest with you, from February 3rd, or I'm, yeah, February 18th, I'm sorry. Of this year, uh, right? This uh, is, last year. Last year, that's 2016, right. Yep, yep. To June 21st of 2016, I could barely walk. Every wow. step was like ridiculously agonizing. And 
you know, all my bodybuilding and all that, that got pushed aside. I hadn't worked out in forever and I haven't experienced life at all. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, then he replaced the hip and he's saying, Oh, in two weeks, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel wonderful. You're going to feel like you can go climb a mountain. He goes, but don't do that. You're still healing. Well, two weeks came and I still felt horrible and, you know, through the healing process and physical therapy, pain never went away. I mean, I was still having all kinds of problems and, but that's kind of what, even before that surgery, that's what kind of really birthed life's adventure. Uh, my film business, because I look at life as an adventure and that's why I named it that way. Life is an amazing adventure. Hence life's adventure. Right. So I started diving into filmmaking even further and learning every aspect that I can during my healing process. And so I'm like thinking, once I'm healed, once I'm done with this, I'm going to, you know, really try to make a go at this and start a business. You know, I'm still employed. Yep. I Technically, I'm still employed, you know, at this time because I'm on disability from mm-hmm, work. Mm-hmm. Instead of sitting on the couch and just doing all that, I wanted to learn something. Use this time. Build a skill. Yeah, absolutely. A usable skill. Yeah. Right. So, you know, moving forward, my hit never got better. Wow. And here we are going on a year later, and I still can't really walk more than, you know, an hour and a half and be on my feet. Saturday at the tournament for my buddy, you know, they had nothing but hard benches and stuff. I'm still paying the piper for going on Saturday. Wow. I, I mean... My workout today was really half of what I normally do, and uh, it's just because I needed to come home and relax. Of course, I had this wonderful podcast as well. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> can't forget that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know, now I'm here facing another surgery to put a nerve stimulator on my on my spinal cord to help control the pain, uh, so I could just at least be a little more functional. So. But where does that leave me in, in the grand scheme of things of, of, of everything is this is a great opportunity, though it, excuse my language, though it sucks more than anything, mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity for me to practice what I preach. True. You know, and keep moving forward. Even before all this, it's all about keeping moving forward. Backup fitness was named because it's about picking yourself back up and getting back to life and life's adventure film. You see the theme here? I do. I totally do, man. If I give up and fail, what am I showing my children? I don't, you know, for the most part, I don't care what I'm showing everybody else, but they're the ones that are seeing me every day. Right. You know, and, and not saying that everything's been sunshine and rainbows for the last year and a half of my life. No, they've seen dad be upset and be angry and things like that, you know, because I am human after all, you know? Yep. And, um. So it's all about moving forward and being and, and still being a good example for my family, despite me having this horrible thing going on. And hopefully with this next surgery and the, the spinal uh, uh, nerve stimulator, that life could be a little more enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah, it really does limit a lot of, a lot of things. And, and, you know, for some of us who, uh, you know, could get up in the morning and get working out and get that done and then move on with the day, but we're just too tired. I mean, this is going to be a good inspiration and I'm speaking to myself, <clears throat> but, uh, 
<laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I, I totally relate. I mean, we've we've been in our own lives here at Small Scale Life. We've been through the valley. You know, in the past two years, it's just been kind of uh, it's been pretty rough. And uh, I totally agree. I mean, as guys, as the you know, husband and, you know, we put that weight on our shoulders and it can be really tough. You know, it can be a tough slog, you know, and you, when the world's going crazy around you and, and you're just kind of picking it up and you're moving forward and, and, uh, slogging through it. Um, but you're ready to Hulk smash something, you know what I mean? (laughs) There's, There's times where my patience is very, very short and, and, uh, sometimes the anger gets the better of me, but it's not, it's, it's manageable, but, you know, through all of this, I've had a chance to do a lot of reading and a lot of audiobooks. I'm a full believer in Audible. I love Audible. I just and, I just signed up, um, and I agree. Audible is awesome because I'd rather listen to a podcast because I'm doing other stuff and or listen to something online than – I like reading, but, man, who's got the time? So if I'm driving a long distance, I'll just pop on Audible and listen to something. I think it's great. It's one of the books that I try to refer to quite a bit, and I've actually listened to it multiple times, is uh, by Viktor Frankl, and the book's name is Man's Search for Meaning. Hmm. Okay. Now, I, I only laugh because uh, I was at The Minimalist last night, and somebody brought this up. So, yeah, I, uh, that's why I kind of chuckled a little bit. So I think somebody's trying to tell me I need to read that. Yeah, this is a great book. Just to give you like a Cliff Notes version of what this book is about, this guy was a psychologist in um, Germany uh, pre-World War II. Mm-hmm. And he's also a Jew. And, of course, well, we all know what Germans did to Jewish folk back then. Well, they, he basically lived in these concentration camps and work camps And being a doctor, you know, a psychologist, he would take mental notes of everything that he noticed and, and, you know, seeing how people could find even the slightest bit of joy in certain things. Like, basically, they were fed water uh, to eat with a little bit of vegetables. So if you got a bowl of water with a pea in it, that brought you great joy. You got mm-hmm. you got or one pea or one piece of potato in your soup today. That's a great day. Mm-hmm. So, one of the biggest quotes that I, I I try to remember, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it says uh, everything could be taken away from a man except for one thing: his ability to choose his attitude in any set of circumstances. Okay, that right there, just that one little sentence. This is a man who saw people being killed. This is a man who who wore shoes or wore, worked outside in the winter in bare feet and survived through that. And it's the attitude that we bring towards it, how we view it, maybe during it or post the bad times. Is it, it's ultimately going to make or break us. I mean, because how many times do we know somebody that went through something bad in their life, but they never moved forward from that bad moment? Oh, yeah. They live Plenty. in this perpetual depression because of this bad moment in their life. You know? Yep. Me speaking pers- personally, I refuse to do that. I refuse to live in a bad moment. 
I'm going to learn as much as I can from these bad moments, but still move forward. You know, it's kind of funny that, you know, it might sound weird. Some people might hear me say this, but be like, man, this guy's crazy. But for all my struggles and watching my wife go through what she went through, and let me tell you, there were some many bad moments. Oh, yeah. When my wife is battling cancer. And there's oh, been yeah. many bad yeah. moments with this hip issue. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it because it it brought me to a different pattern of thinking. You know, before all of this, before my wife's cancer, before my uh, hip issues, I didn't take notice to the details in life, the minute little details in life. And those are the details, those little details, like I said, the the smile of your son or a kind word from your wife, a hug from your wife. Those are the details. Those are the fine details. Before all this, yes, I was very successful in a lot of different things, but I sacrificed a lot to get to where I wanted to be. Yeah, I worked with many great people in the dive industry, and I've achieved many great things. I mean, because of the my things in diving, I'm a, now a published photographer and in a, in a great story of when I went to Dominican Republic and worked with a salvage crew, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. And I, I saw that little video when you were at uh, the bookstore. And you showed that the book that your uh, that your photos are in. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool moment in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was an amazing adventure. One of the greatest adventures of my life. It's not. It, you know, it's 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 kind of an interesting thing when you're digging up a cannonball, and the last time it was touched, you know, over three hundred years ago, it was being loaded into a cannon, or it was going through a pirate. You know. Oh yeah. One of those. You know. One but, of those things. One of those things, right? So it'll look good when that cannonball hits you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I said in this post that I put up recently, is like, yeah, I'm in a book. I'm in a couple of dive magazines. Right. I had uh, sponsors for uh, dive equipment for for uh, GoPros. You know, anything that related to GoPro, I got for free. Love GoPro, uh, by the way. But yeah, totally hear you, man. Yep. But it, it's like. I put so much in it. The only thing that really mattered was the next dive or the next adventure, next life's adventure. But it's these trials that we both went through that now my adventure incorporates my family a lot more. And actually they are my adventure. Yeah. You know, to see them, uh, go through this and not to say that things were all, I'm not sitting there saying that everything's all sunshine and rainbows right now. We're still through the battle. I'm still in the Valley. You know, like I said, another surgery coming. I, you know, um, I've been with my employer for 15 years, and that's coming to an end here mm-hmm. June 7th. It is technically my last full-time day there, and I'm being medically retired. I'm going through the battle of Social Security disability, and who knows when that's going to yeah. happen. Because we all know the battles that, uh, that sometimes takes a year or two years to get, you know, so... I mean, I'm knocking on wood here. I'm hoping that uh, it doesn't take that long because, you know, we, without that, we got some financial struggles coming. And, you know, that being said, you know, so that's why that's another reason why I created Life's Adventure because I don't want to be that guy sitting on the couch. I don't want to be the guy that just gets a paycheck from Uncle Sam once a month, you know, just to survive, even though. I'm broken. That doesn't mean I, I can't do something, you right. know, to, to, 
because I mean I got some habits you know I got things I want to do with my life I got some hobbies you know that I can't do on poverty level income right right and I refuse, and I refuse to stay there well and it's hard on your fa- I mean financial issues are really stressful on the family too I mean that's just you know a lot of uh, if you listen to Dave Ramsey he always says uh Divorce rate. Uh, there's a certain percentage. I mean, a huge percentage of the divorce rate is financial, financially related. You know, um, yeah. and, and I hear you, man. But and I, I also hear you about noticing details too. I mean, these these hardships and these hard times. You do um, you do notice coming out of it. You do notice the details. And there's something. I mean, I found one thing um, to focus on going through the hard times. Um, you know, for Julie, it's a waterfall. Uh, for me, it was uh, hummingbirds out in Colorado Springs, you know, and you find these just little snippets of beauty, you know, in all of this, the world is crashing around you and you almost need that, you know, to kind of, okay, I can refocus, I can recalibrate, you know, and, and spending time with family is another big one, you know, because um, yeah. if you don't have those little things, it just drives you insane and it does turn you into the Hulk. <laughs> Not a good way. <laughs> It is, and it's, you know, it's it's these little details. It's like being a photographer, and uh, you have to look for the details. You, you know, obviously, you got to be detail-oriented for being for doing photography. You know, sometimes I'll just go in, back, in the backyard, and I'll just find beauty, be, beauty in the smallest, the teeniest of things, you know? Yep. You know, one day I went out there. I'm sure the neighbors thought I was crazy. And because I took a garbage bag and I covered it over myself like a big old hood and I even covered my camera and I had my macro lens on and I'm out there just taking photos of water droplets coming off of leaves, off of anything on the fence. And it was just, it was just a blissful time of just being in that moment. I'm only concentrating on this tiny water droplet Mm. coming off of a leaf, right? Yeah. And I'll I'll send you some of those photos that, that came from that, but it's here's the thing here's the rub nobody understands this until they go through something really truly challenging in their life yep you know they become so focused on success that i have to be successful in this that they really put way too much to the side and you 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 damage relationships things things don't necessarily go the way you want to all the time and Let's say you do become a successful person and you make all this money. What happens when that money's gone? What happens when that success is gone? The only thing you're left with are these little details that you ignored for so long and then the details become blurred, right? Yes. So my wife, before all this, you know, probably I would say about a year and a half to two years before my wife got cancer, my wife and I were like an inch away from getting divorced. Wow. We were ready, and I, you know, I said, okay, we need to go to counseling. We need to fix this because, I, you know, I'm not a quitter. She's not a quitter. Uh, it would have been really easy for us to just say, okay, goodbye. But then, I, then some other guy is going to end up raising my children, and right. I wasn't about to have that. I'm not designed to be a weekend daddy. I need my kids in my life every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and now through all the trials after counseling, things did get quite a bit better, but cancer believe it or not brought us closer together than ever before and if we could go through cancer and this disability then we could take on anything that comes our way right 
And it's the little details. Like I said, I'll say this, I'll pound this into the ground. It's the little details that what make life truly beautiful. And mm -hmm. without details, you're just a robot on your mission to become the most successful, whatever you're trying to be. And you're ignoring the little things, man. And, and, uh, that's just it. <laughs> I, you know, it sounds like, um, sounds like I'm talking to myself, uh, you know, cause I, that was my thirties where, um, you know, I was coming out of college and it was all right, uh, hunker down, let's get this job thing going and be super uber successful. Cause you know, I got stuff to pay for. Right. And, uh, um, yeah, I worked a ton and a lot of details, a lot of things were just kind of, you know, gloss aside cause it's time to go to work and, I'm on vacation out in Pennsylvania and, and I'm on conference calls or I'm uh, taking a day off and I'm actually working on my day off, try to catch up and, and working into the night, you know, till two or two or three in the morning and then getting up and hitting it again at eight o'clock. And, you know, ugh, let's not do that again. It just gives me the heebie jeebies just thinking about it. You know, I, mean, I missed a lot of stuff. You know, it, I missed a lot of stuff. And probably the one of the worst things was I was told, you know, my family was heading up to Minnesota and I had to be home at a certain time and I was working on a proposal that had to get done because it was due and I was worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. My cell phone died and I showed up late and they were gone. <laughs> and that was like, oh, well, we're not going to do that again. We're done, you know, and that was a real breaking point. So um, that was, again, like 2008. And then that moment, it was like, OK, time to change. This is done, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and, and sometimes, like you said, you just, like I said, you just got to take a step back. And like recently, again, I had to take a step back. I felt the uh, frustration of my situation wearing down on me quite a bit. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here trying to produce all this cool stuff and right. animation and the next idea. And then, you know, doing, doing family stuff and, and seeing people doing all the stuff that I used, I love doing, you know, mm -hmm. I see this training in martial arts and, you know, and, you know, the pain reminds me of every day, the, of what I, I, I really can't do anymore. And I'm one of these guys, I'll be honest with you. I refuse to take pain medication. Sure. I stopped taking it about two and a half months ago because it was making me brain dead. It was a, it, it made me want to be a schlub all day and sit on the couch, watch TV, though I fought that very hard and I didn't do that, but that's what it made me want to do. So I finally said, forget this. I'd rather be in pain every day. And let's just be honest, the pain pills really didn't take all the pain away. It just sure. made my brain too foggy to recognize it. But so I, I don't take the pills anymore and I do what I can every day. I'd rather have my brain function and my ambition rather than having less pain. I'd rather be in pain, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and that's because that's, that's the trap, though. That's the, the pharmaceutical trap that many people get trapped in. And the next thing you know, you're addicted to pain medication, oh, yeah. that stuff. I mean, that's just a whole – I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on just that alone. Yeah. But, you know, so, so I took a step back and I, refo you know, refocused myself and, um, I'm currently 
not actively pursuing new clients. Not to say that if the right one came around, I wouldn't say, yeah, let's do this. I'm finishing up a couple projects that I'm doing now, and then, uh, then I'm hitting that factory reset button and uh, coming back stronger than I was before. You know, so it's a, it's a. Sometimes it is a two-step forward, one-step back kind of situation, and you have to do it. If you keep pushing this bad position, nothing good is going to come from it. Right. Because there's one of the things that I used to write a lot about in the, on the backup page and on my personal page is you could never be physically fit if you're mentally weak. Mm. It was in every aspect of your life. If you're mentally weak or you're mentally damaged or emotionally having some issues, there's nothing positive going to come from that. You know, yes, good True. things may happen, but you're still in the mental place that you need. You need to correct that. And then once you correct that, other good things will happen even in a greater, greater way, if that makes sense. Totally does. Absolutely. So, and I think, you know, the more I dig into it and I'm working with uh, the guy, uh, Kevin Michael Geary over at Rebooted Body, a lot of this, you know, the weight loss stuff is a lot mental. You know, it's a lot of mental work, too. Um, you know, coming to grips with the stuff, you, the damage you've done to your body and then, you know, digging into that and trying to slowly correct it. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day and you're the same with getting healthy. It's not going to be done in a day. You just got to be in for that healthy lifestyle, that long term you know, it's going to be a long battle, you know, and it's not going to happen quick. And you just got to be ready for that. Well, it's, it's, it is absolutely mental battle. Here's the thing, you know, this is kind of a general statement as well. You know, somebody, somebody always says, you know, it could be worse. You know, I, yeah. people have said that to me, it could be much worse. You could have no leg. You're absolutely right. It can be worse. You know, you could be in a wor time yourself. You could be in worse shape than you are now. Mm-hmm. You can have raging diabetes and you can't, you know, that restricts so many things. You're right. Things can be worse. But ultimately what that really is, is an excuse to not recognize your feelings. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I have a feeling about my disability now, right? Yep. And one of my go-to guys, to preface this, one of my go-to guys when I'm having a hard time has no legs. He lost both of his legs serving this serving our country. Wow. Um, so when I'm having a hard day, I'll reach out to him. Hey, man, you know, how do you deal? How did you deal with this emotion? You're right. Mm -hmm. And he'll tell me. And uh, actually, he's a guy that I would love to do a mini documentary on in my film stuff because he is such an amazing person. But uh, if you don't come to terms with your feelings on things, even though somebody else might have a worse... That, that doesn't matter. These are your feelings, and you have to recognize them. And you have to recognize it and find a way to move forward from them or with them. And if you do not do that, that sore spot, that exposed nerve, will always be an exposed nerve. Because, you, know, you know, I can't feel bad about myself, or I can't feel angry about the situation. I'm not that guy. That guy's got no legs, or that guy's got, you know, he's got one arm, or... or that guy is heavier than I am. You know what I mean? Yep. It's related to a fitness level. It, yeah, that is bad. I, it is. It's great to have empathy for those people, but also understand your feelings because if you don't understand your feelings, if you don't come to terms with them, you will never move forward from them. 
You'll be that person that we talked about earlier that gets stuck in that situation. Two years from now, I could be sitting on the couch thinking, feeling bad for myself. Oh, man, I can't do jiu-jitsu no more. I can't uh, do Muay Thai anymore. I still hit the bag every now and again. I can't move. I'm, I can't move like I used to do, but I still hit really damn hard. You know what? I'm blessed for that that I can still hit the bag. You know. Yep. Or I'm still I'm still proud that I can still do at least do upper body in the gym. Um, though I did start doing single leg stuff to strengthen up my right side. Mm-hmm. You know. A couple months ago, uh, we the, there was a, a bench competition at a church. You know, it wasn't for max weight. It was for whoever could bench 135 the, the most times. Sure. Right? Sure. So I was actually running this with a buddy of mine. And, you know, about 150 guys competed in this thing, right? Sure. First place, 61 reps. Hmm. Second place, 60 reps. Third place, 49 reps. Right? Yeah. I was the guy that got the 61 reps. Woohoo. So here's a guy, you know, that's just because I got a bad leg doesn't mean I can't move forward, right? Right. So so that's a check mark for me. Here I am now 41 years old, almost 42. I won a bench competition. It was a friendly thing. It wasn't anything official or anything. It was at a church. But I beat out 150 people who are able body. And most of the contestants were between 20 and 28. Top two guys were older guys like me. Wow, me, that's great. Me and, this, me and this other guy. So, that's great, dude. That's great. So, and I don't say that as a braggadocious thing, but or anything like that, or hey, look at me, I did a great thing. I look at it as to me that was kind of a moment, a defining moment, saying, "Hey, you're not defined by this situation." And I think that's a biggest problem, a big problem that people do. They let situations or circumstances define their character and define who they are. I agree. You know, I agree. Totally, man. That's really good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's getting deep in here. I know, man. I know. (laughs) No, it's good stuff, though. It's really good stuff. And and I know there's some people out there that need to hear this kind of thing. And it kind of goes back to even a conversation I had when I walked in the door from northwestern Wisconsin yesterday. And Jules was in northern Minnesota, and we were talking about some things. And this this was good. This is really good because it dovetails right into that conversation. So... You know, you well, gotta you gotta move on sometimes. You know, I got a little frustrated with a guy um, a few weeks ago, and and I didn't hide my frustration to him. He was telling me how he wants to work out, and he was kind of complaining over. I'm not going to say what he was complaining over, but it was the equivalent the equivalent of a stubbed toe. Okay, mm. so that's one thing. If you complain to me about something, you it better be something. It better be good. Serious. <laughs> Not something that's just, oh, you know, I stubbed my toe. Not to detract from his situation because, sure. you know, I'm like, dude, you can still do something, right. you know. And it really, to be honest with you, it was a temporary kind of thing for him. Literally, it was like a stubbed toe, comparatively speaking, you know. But I know this person, and this person constantly makes excuses why he can't move forward, you know. And that's and it's and my theory on excuses is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. This might not be for your podcast, but oh, that's all right. We'll 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 figure it out once we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit this out. Well, maybe not. It, it's probably good. 
Excuses are nothing but lies. Lies that you tell yourself to make yourself feel better about not doing what you know you could have or should have. That's what all that, that's that's a definition of excuse to me. Yeah. That's so, really good, man. I, why would I cut that out? I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's really well, good. Well, some people get a little sense that it's not an excuse. It's a real-life situation. Well, you know what? I know what real-life situation is. Are, and there's still a way to do good things in your life no matter what. Right. You know? So, well, yeah, that's uh, that's the ABCs of me, Tom. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> Oh, that's really good, man. I like that. I mean, you know, um, you meet the the wonderful thing about this hobby or this blog and podcast is I meet such interesting people and uh, you know people that you know if you saw you in the mall walking around and like oh that guy over there and never talk to him but it's you know right. you can suddenly get to know people and notice things and and um, have interesting conversations I mean like I was saying um, a couple weeks ago, we had a, a church service about tragedy, tragedy in life, and and um, I don't know, it just didn't resonate like the stuff we're talking about today. You know, it just it, it was, it just missed the mark. I thought, you know, and uh, this guy, real world stuff, people that have been through some really hard times, um, you know, you, you learn a lot from them. You know, it's I quite quite that too because I I I understand you know your pastors point of view. I don't know what he talked about, but that's something he's got to talk about being a pastor, right? Yeah. So do you want to learn how to fish from a guy who's a fisherman or do you want to learn how to fish from a guy who read a book? Yep. So experience is everything, right? Yeah. So it's like you and I who have ultimately, you know, we've walked through hell, mm. you know, we've had these trials. We've been, you know, through the mud, so to speak. And those are the guys that I want to hear about, right? Right, right. You always, you always hear about from these motivational speakers on how to even, I'll be honest, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, before when I was doing all this motivational stuff, yeah, I had trials of my wife's cancer and I used that to, to motivational speak and do these, these, these selfie videos that I like to call them. Right. Um, Which are pretty good. <laughs> I appreciate that. But you have, I'm talking about real life situations and my dealings with and how I dealt with it. Like the book, Victor Frankel, he wrote that book from his experiences. Now to sit there and put a blanket, blanket, uh, uh, statement out there. Hey, you can move forward. That don't matter what your challenges are. Oh, you could do it. You know, it's all about mind shift and perspective and all that stuff. But what are you basing that on? Are you getting that information from something you've went through or just are you regurgitating stuff that you've learned? You know? Yeah. So totally, man. don't tell somebody who's in, in, in a ditch. If you've never been in that ditch, don't try to tell him on how to get out of that ditch because you don't have perspective on being in that ditch. Mm -hmm. You know, you have some general ideas and some good learnings. Don't just say me wrong that they, there's definitely good information to be shared and you could use it from it. You know, but where's the guy that's been in the ditch? Right. You know, and tells you how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm maybe eventually I'm that guy. I don't know. You know, and I'd like to be that guy. Yeah. I, I love helping people. Right. You know, as 
I've been to the top of the mountain, Tom, and I've been to the bottom many, many times. <laughs> this, this hip issue ain't my first hip go around with injury. Right. You know? Yep. Yep. I, I separated my shoulder years ago riding motocross. That was actually the last day I rode because I can't do jarring movements anymore. Man. And it actually took me out of benching heavy. This is when I was doing powerlifting. I mean, imagine if you can. Here's a bodybuilder racing motocross. Most of those motocross guys are 155 pounds soaking wet. And I know. They're little young guys, you know. And here's here's the Hulk on a motor bo- uh, motorcycle. It's the bear on a tricycle is what it was. Uh, let me but, ride this thing. Oh. When I get done, I'm going to bench press it. That's right. Put it over my head and I'm power clean. Uh. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's, a, it's, it's interesting that, and, and I'm not knocking other motivational speakers, no, but no, no. And I'm not knocking the pot pastor at all because no, it's no. good information. Mm-hmm. I would rather talk to a guy who's been in the trenches. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Cool. No, there. Yeah, I would agree too. I mean, those feelings while you're walking through it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember them well. You know, from from some of those days, lonely days out in the out in the wilds of Colorado and such, and and I'm sure Julie and her family have them too. As you know, the light nights got longer and and uh, things were happening. So yeah. Um, in the time we have left here, let's talk a little bit about life's adventure film. I you know you started this business from scratch. I just was kind of curious on the small business side and your perspective on that. I mean, you've gone through all this chaos and and in the valley and and you found this thing this film business or this film hobby that you're turning into a business i mean let's talk about that a little bit i mean what what's really driving you there what uh how did you decide that of all things well it it a life's adventure actually really was born years ago when i started scuba diving okay all right. So I started scuba diving. I'm like, okay, well, I want to make videos to show my non-dive friends and my kids of the cool stuff that I've seen underwater. Sure. You know, I want to I want to show them uh, the moments where I had come face to face with sharks and things like that, Scary. and <laughs> giant sea turtles and Goliath groupers, and I've I've, I've swam in open water. I was on a night dive once and was running video of this. Uh, at any given moment, because two, the two of the guys I was with, they were spearfishing. Wow. So, night dive, two guys spearfishing, sure. blood in the water. We had probably, at any given moment, 20, uh, 20 reef sharks around us. Oof. And then for about 40 minutes, this little nurse shark, about, I don't know, he was about five or six feet long. And uh, he was just following us. I got a bunch of cool footage of him. And then I, he went up, he went past me because I'm about five feet off the bottom because I want to uh, film the bottom life, mm-hmm. uh, the sea life on the bottom. And those guys were a little bit uh, ahead of me and above me. So the farthest guy, all I see is a silhouette of him with this nurse shark goes past me, goes past my other buddy and then take and grabs the third guy oh and just starts shaking him, right? Wow. And I see him hitting him at, hitting at the shark. I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, this thing has got my buddy. But I hear the guy in front of me laughing. I'm like, okay, well, it must not be too serious. He's laughing, but the shark is like attacking him. So 
what had happened was the shark went up and grabbed his stringer on his side. Oh. So the shark came back down, starts circling me. I'm vertical in the water, right? Mm-hmm. I go horizontal to vertical in the water. The camera's pressed to my chest. And this thing is so close to me. His pectoral fin is touching my body. And his head, from my chest to his head, was a distance of maybe a foot. Wow. Maybe maybe a little bit more. So I'm spinning in a circle. I, I'm, my camera's recording all of this. And uh, I'm spinning. And I finally, about the third spin or fourth spin, I finally had enough. And I shove him away with my camera. And my buddies are laughing at me, you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he came back a little bit again, and I kind of just kicked away from him. And that was a it was, it was an amazing experience. But you know, people got to see that. Yeah, totally, man. Wow. Uh, oh man, I've been face to face with a, a fish large enough to where I'm a big guy, where I could fit in there. You know, my shoulders and my head could fit, easily fit in this fish's mouth. It's called the Goliath grouper. Oh man. So that's where life's adventure started is making these dive videos for sponsors and for personal use. And then through all this, my wife, like I said, my wife's cancer. Yep. Here, guess what? Cancer costs a lot of money. Sure does. Absolutely. So I sold everything I own of value, which include my dive gear collection and all my GoPro stuff. Wow. Which... I'm not just a recreational diver at the time. I'm a technical diver. I'm the guy that goes 200 feet underwater inside of shipwrecks. Wow. So imagine amount of tanks and gear, dry suits. I had about roughly $13,000, $14,000 of gear that I basically sold for $0.25 on the dollar just to try to pay for some of this cancer debt. Absolutely. Yep. And. So I haven't had the opportunity to get in the water since then just because scuba is expensive to buy gear. So what did I do? I bought a camera, a a simple DSLR, nothing fancy, and I started learning how to shoot video above water. Okay. So I took that talent underwater, brought it above water, and I, you know, I would do like, uh, you know, I would go watch, I'd film my buddies uh, doing competing in jiu-jitsu, or I would just, you know, take, take, use that camera for still images and, you know, just kind of make silly videos here and there, nothing fancy. And then I just, I started learning more and more and more Then this part of my life happened. It afforded me a lot of time to really understand filmmaking and how to set things up, set the shot up. I learned how to light objects and things like that. Um, and edit, I, I poured a lot of knowledge into how to edit. And, uh, you know, I entered a contest, the Imagine Dragons mm-hmm. Adobe Video Contest. And that video is by far my best work. I'll, uh, I'll share that link with you. Maybe you can put that down below or something. Oh, absolutely. I would, ab- I would be happy to do that. I think that's great. So, uh, and so now I, I turned it into uh, small businesses for, you know, you know, videos and little bumper pieces for uh, social media. Sure. You know, it's like Instagram only allows 30 second videos. Yep. And so I will make a video, a quick little, sometimes mostly a music montage, but informational pieces as well. 
for Facebook that could be a little bit longer. I did a video for a software company uh, based out in uh, Boston. And uh, that actually was a, a piece I really kind of flexed on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even though I've learned a ton since then. Uh, the animation side of that, the infographics, um, that is actually a pretty good example of things that I could do. Um, and I create 3D animations and things like that because things like that don't require me to use my hip. Right. So if you need a guy that's going to come and film your business for an hour and a half, three hours, four hours, I'm not your guy. <laughs> but if you need an internet uh, uh, interview based kind of thing or a little promotional piece, I'm your guy. Sure. You know, that's my niche. Yeah. And, um, so you're, um, I mean, you're kind of retooling, shall I say, maybe retooling a little bit or just trying to get your projects done and, um, you're not taking new clients at the moment. Are are you, or are you? I I am. Okay. I I will take new clients, but I'm right now. I'm in, like I said, I'm hitting that little bit of a factory reset, but I'm not actively trying to seek out new clients because like I said, I just want to get. Certain things, like another surgery coming in a few weeks, yep. and then the healing process after yes. that, and uh, of course this retirement thing, medically retirement yeah. coming up. So I just have some big things coming up that I really need to put those things first in healing, because it really wouldn't make sense for me to uh, to actively seek out new client if they want a a three week project or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to take a break because I just had surgery. Right, and right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, I think even with what's happening here, um, you know, we're going to be moving in a couple, in a less than two months, um, you know, so things are going to kind of slow down a little bit too, just, just so we get all the bases covered and get everything moved and all that kind of stuff. It's just natural. You're going to take care of business, you know, you need to take care of your real life stuff, you know taking care of the small details of life uh, yeah exactly exactly so if you <laughs> if you were going to start over again uh your life's adventure where would would you do anything different were there any lessons you've learned from your journey oh absolutely and filmmaking oh my gosh is uh filmmaking is there's so much to learn and not being I'm self self taught. I've never gone to film school or anything like that. So everything I've done is trial and error or in trial and success, right? Yep. So it's like that to me is is valuable. I don't think I would change that because that really shows your hunger for what you want to learn because it, it's forced me to really seek out information from good sources on how to do things, you know, because anybody who's ever done anything in after effects, know it's a spider web of awesome and mass confusion at the same time <laughs> or Photoshop. Photoshop is the same thing. I mean, it is Photoshop and after effects. It's like, I've created some pretty amazing, cool things in it. And I haven't even scratched the surface on what this software could do. So, it's a never-ending learning software process. And then every year they update the program because I've only been using it. Actually, After Effects, I've only been using it for about a year. So if 
that says actually quite a bit because I'm sitting down here in this computer every single day plugging away trying to learn. So no, to answer your question, no, I don't I don't really think that I would change anything because I value everything that I've learned just because I've worked so hard to learn it. Right, right. So well, I, uh, that's interesting, and and uh, I've watched the evolution over the past couple of years, and and uh, where you were even six months ago to where you are today is so different. I mean, your your stuff is getting so much more um, sophisticated and 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 very cool. Um, you know, it's it's great to watch the progression over time. Yeah, it's it's interesting when guys who are I know some really legit filmmakers mm-hmm. and. I've gotten some pretty good compliments from one guy said, he was like, I can't even believe you've come so far in such a short time. Yeah. You know, it's like leaps and bounds. And you're, you're, like you said, the transition has been fast and amazing. And then another guy, he said, told me that, uh, I make him a little nervous, <laughs> <laughs> not because I'm better than him. Cause this guy that said it is amazing at what he does. I mean, I would, I hope to reach his level. Mm-hmm. But he says, because of my personality and I'm not afraid to put myself out there, that, that kind of makes me a dangerous individual, so to speak. You know, <laughs> somebody who's not afraid, um, afraid to put themselves out there, you know. And, and to touch in a little bit about that, you know, I learned that from a great guy. I got a shout out to him. His name is Josh Johnson. And uh, though this time of our life was a little sketchy gray area, he taught me to never be afraid to be out, put yourself out there. It doesn't matter what people think of you. It doesn't matter anything like that. As long as you're doing something good and you're being positive, there's always going to be people who naysay you, who, who hate on you, you know? So don't worry about the haters. Just keep doing what you want to do in, in life. And uh, what he didn't realize, I, 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 I took that quite a bit. And we went to Mexico and there's a mariachi band going table to table, a fine restaurant. Well, I play guitar. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> I play guitar and I play drums. And I took the guitar from the mariachi guy. I stood up and I turned around and I sang a song that I wrote to the whole restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I look at him, his face was being red. I'm like, I'm thinking, is that what you were talking about? Not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. That is awesome. That's so, my kind of guy. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do a mean karaoke, but that's for another podcast too. So <laughs> we gotta get together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got a party together sometime, man. I want to party with you. <laughs> Are you seen the videos where I post uh, where me singing? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a singer, but I do it anyway. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I I like that short film you did too. That was great. Um, Especially the ending, that made me laugh. <laughs> I'm sitting there laying there, and I kind of look up and I wink. <laughs> yep, Mr. Bond. <laughs> yes, that's me, man of mystery. <laughs> so uh, I know one of your hobbies, one of your talents, you do have a garden, so I think we'll kind of wrap up here. Uh, how's the garden growing down there? You expanded this year because, you know, we all like to expand a little bit, and we all like to grow. So how's it going? I think my garden is up to an insane level okay. size now. Okay. It started, I started, I've only been gardening for four years. For the first two years, my garden was um, about 12 by 10. Uh-huh. And then I expanded last year to be like 
20 by 20 <laughs> and now it's 45 by 25. That's aggressive, dude. <laughs> that's, that's a, well, if you're going to go, you got to go big, right? <laughs> and it only matters. You know, I, the only worst thing is, is I'm so new to gardening. I really don't have a clue on what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's like, let's put it here, you know, but, yep. um, you know, I, there's nothing, it's kind of, uh, I kind of sound like an old man here saying this, but gardening is relaxing it totally is absolutely <laughs> and and i'll go out there and especially when everything's growing good and you know there was days last summer that you know i'm hungry i don't really want to make anything so i just went out in the garden and i just ate off the garden just straight away and i got full off of green beans cherry tomatoes or bell peppers i just put that pepper off wipe it off a little bit God made dirt, dirt can't hurt. So I just <laughs> <laughs> polish it on my shirt a little bit and take a bite and just go out there and eat until I was full. And, and, uh, it's, it's relaxing. So now, you know, we expanded even more, uh, cause the other side of things too is stores and, and farmers, you know, for mass production, there was so much garbage. Oh Yeah. On our food, GMOs and all this stuff, chemicals, pesticides. I don't use any of that. My I don't even use fertilizers in my garden. Completely natural. If it grows good, great. If it doesn't, we'll try again next year. You know, I want my stuff to be. I, I want to know where it comes from. And the and the ultimate goal is is to start canning some of this stuff and freezing it. And so I have to buy very little from the store through the winter. Perfect. I love it. That's uh, And that's the truth. I mean, you are growing it naturally. You know exactly what's on it, which is nothing. And it's not imported from some far off place with strange chemicals all over it. That is perfect, dude. That, awesome. I'm really, uh, I'm excited. And yeah, um, you know, I'm, I make some mean pickles and mean corn relish and stuff. So I'll have to, uh, I got to get more recipes up. That's memo to me is I got to get some more recipes up for folks. And uh Talk a little bit more about preservation and canning because, uh, you know, people people want to save their stuff for the wintertime. Nothing's better than popping something open in the winter and saying, I grew this. Well, I didn't have to go get it at a uh, big box store A, B, or C, you know? Yeah, you're, uh, yeah. I hope you do that because I have no clue on how to can. I'm yeah. just going to put that out there, and I, but i got to learn. You know, I'm going to have to be really educating myself here very quickly on how to do this stuff because uh, – you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I don't even really want to use my tap water to water it because mm. there's so much chlorine and crap in the in the water over here. Agreed. Then I really want to put a 55 gallon drum with a spigot on the bottom to to catch the rain. But I know in some places that Uncle Sam doesn't really uh, like that too much or I've heard people getting in trouble for that. Yeah, I think that was Colorado where they had some of those laws and I think they've been revoked. I don't think Illinois has that. Um, and I know Minnesota doesn't either. There are so many rain barrels around. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool when you can do that because you're, you're using the resources that, uh, that are God, readily available. God gives it to you, you know? So, uh, yeah, I would check that out, dude. And, uh, you know, you might want to check your ordinance, make sure it's fine. Uh, Illinois, nothing's allowed, but, um, but I think you're okay. I, I think you're okay. So 
I don't worry. I, I don't care. I got privacy fences. I like my neighbors, and I'm used to riding dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really got to hang out with you, buddy. <laughs> oh. well, well, cool. Did you have anything else to share? Where can we find you? Where Where should we go to find Mr. Todd and his, uh, his life's adventure? Well, uh, it's lifesadventureonline.com is my website. Um, I have a great, several great examples of things I've produced on there. Uh, there's a couple of my vlogs are on there as well. Uh, then there's Life's Adventure Film for Facebook and uh, Instagram. Nice. I, I, I haven't brought, uh, branched out to any more uh, social media pages. It's... Uh, it's, it's too confusing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're part of the Small Scale Life uh, Facebook group, so I appreciate that. And um, I love it when you post up some stuff. It's great. Oh, man, I could uh, – some of the stuff is like, how should I post this? Because some of it's like – it's very CGI. And, but no, I, don't, I actually – I love sharing my stuff. I love it when yeah. I, I see somebody see watch my stuff and they smile and they find it interesting and uh, – you know, I've actually gotten a really good response from my suicide awareness video where I turned it into a music video of nice. myself lip syncing, you know, is a five figure, like I said, five figure death punch. And it was, uh, I just, you know, and actually that was, uh, not to get too far off a tangent, but, uh, that was actually therapy for me too. Cause that's a song that touches me quite a bit too. So yeah, it's, uh, Remember everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's what it is, man. So, but yeah, that's uh, where you can reach me. Cool. Facebook, Instagram, and my website. Nice, nice. Yep. So, and uh, you know, I really appreciate having you on, man. It's uh, it's good that we are talking face to face, and uh, you know, I've, I've got we'll text and we'll talk, and you know, I like you, man. You uh, you and I, we got a lot of shared experiences, so. Um, you know, anytime you want to come on the podcast and talk about stuff, it's here. Okay. I mean, this is a platform to to talk, you know, and, and um, you know, you want something to share, anytime. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for being on the Small Scale Life Podcast, Todd. Remember, check out lifesadventurefilm.com, uh, correct? Uh, Life, Life Adventure Film on Facebook and Instagram. There you and go. lifesadventureonline.com, and that's my website. Awesome. And thank you all for tuning in to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Remember, we're here weekly. Share this with your friends and uh, with your friends, followers, anyone you like. And even those you don't, we'll, uh, we're happy to uh, bring everybody in the fold. So remember to continue to learn, do, and grow. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. Thank you, everybody.